Hey, I had to go way down under to get this interview, and I talked to Carolyn McPeace. She's the co-founder of Why Travel Blog, one of the world's biggest travel blogs with her husband, Craig. Now, I only talked to Carolyn because Craig had to watch the kids. I mean, that's part of this, because these guys have created a travel planning toolkit to help people unplug from chaos, follow their bliss, travel more. These guys were broke and then made it to the very top, very, very top of the blogosphere by creating their own product, building their own community. Now they're getting paid for it. They've been on the Today Show. They've been on Forbes, Travel Leisure, Lonely Planet, National Geographic. You name it, these guys have been on it, and people are talking about them. And I'm glad to have them here with us right here on All Business to talk about how they're living their dream every single day and getting paid for it. Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, first question, Kaz. Where the heck are you at right today? I've just pulled into Wilmington in North Carolina. Oh, so are you spending your time now in the States or are you around gallivanting around the world? No, in the States. We've been here for about two months and we have a three-year business visa, so we plan to be here for some time. You know, that's, I'm going to get into that question a little bit later about visas, permits, mm-hmm. and so forth, because a lot of people don't know that when you're in other countries outside of your normal host country, you really do need to have a plan for work permits and a couple of other things, or you could get your rear end kicked out pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially with Trump right now. I mean, he's looking <laughs> at, he's a, you, you might be Australian, but he doesn't care. He, he thinks Australians are actually Austrians. So, you know, <laughs> you, you never know. Yeah, I was going to say, you just don't know with him. I think he and our Prime Minister had a bust up not too long ago, so that's right. not sure where we stand, yep. Yeah, well, it's if you had a Trump hotel there, you'd be okay, but you don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, we don't. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I've been to Australia like 150 times, so... Um, nice. Yeah, it's been nice. Hey, so let me ask you a question. Um, when did you decide, um, and when or, or were you able to, to turn your hobby into a business? We started in 2010. We Mm -hmm. kind of started not really having a clue what we were doing, uh, but we always had the intention to create a business and a lifestyle out of travel. We had been living and working in other countries, but we were doing that by way of a job. I was an elementary school teacher and my husband was in construction and then we got too old. um, So we knew we couldn't get those working holiday visas anymore. So we wanted to find something of our own and uh, kind of fell into travel blogging and what we do now and um, somehow turned it into a business and a lifestyle, which is our dream. So and when you're talking about a business, we're talking about something more than a hundred thousand hours. You got to be able to make a real living at it, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So have you turned it into millions yet or is this just <laughs> underneath that? Yeah. Getting closer. (laughs) (laughs) So it's definitely a goal and, and, uh, you know, coming over to the US was another step up uh, in towards achieving that goal. We knew this was the next sort of uh, level for us to go in our business. So it was kind of a no brainer to bring it over here to the States. So when you when you're looking at doing this, though, I mean, you were this was really something you and your husband love to do is to travel. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and which I think is a, a cool thing. But how did you decide, you know, you turned to him one day and said, Hey, Craig, or, or did Craig turn to you and say, let, let, I think we can get paid for this. Um, well, I guess we were both 
actively searching and looking for some kind of online portable business. Mm -hmm. And we had um, just sort of chased the money. So we just ended up investing in wrong things and uh, trying to do things that we weren't quite passionate about. So we went through like a really bad financial stage. And then we kind of brought it back to, well, what is it that we really love? Um, which was travel. And after a bit of research online, I found other travel blogs who were writing stories about our lifestyle that we had lived for like the past eight years. And that's when I said to Craig, oh my gosh, look at what these people are doing. I think we can do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we jumped straight in and we weren't thinking, we wanted to turn it into a business, but at that stage, we didn't really know how to create an income from it. So our focus was really on creating epic content and building community. And then once we started to get that going, then we could sort of, uh, the ideas were coming in as to how we could then monetize it. You know, I tell a lot of people that in the business, you know, being on my own television podcast, the stuff that we do, that if you build your community first, then you can monetize the community. Is Did you did you realize that from the beginning or was that kind of the, the secondary piece of it that you found? No, I think I did realize that from the beginning because I always had an idea because we had done so many years of traveling and working holidays to write a book. Um, sharing those travel tips, etc. And I do remember saying, I don't know if it was to myself or to my husband, that, well, you know, if, we, if I'm going to write this book, then I need someone to sell it to. I need a yeah. community who want the book. So I think in my mind, I knew that building community was important. Yeah, it, it's critical. And in fact, if you're doing that today, I mean, you can turn that into, you know, your own, basically your own broadcast channel in terms of that's yes. what we do with C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio. So it's it's kind of cool to, to watch you do this on the travel side. And there's a couple of others I think that have done a really good job. Our, uh, you know, I interviewed not too long ago the points guy here. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just done phenomenal. When, what was your first, you know, like uh, first deal that you got? Was it somebody gave you a piece of luggage or somebody gave you a free hotel room or, or did you actually get some, some money the first time? Um, I think we actually got some money the first time. It was only like maybe it was about $25. It wasn't much. And that was just, <laughs> yeah. I think, sponsored content or advertising. But I was like, oh, my goodness, you can actually make money doing this. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, something I'm never going to forget, that feeling of actually making money. Yeah. Um, and then that once I saw that, well, I can do this, it was just a matter of, okay, if I've done it once, I can do it again. Um, let's figure out how we didn't. Let's grow it. So let's go through the basic premise. So your your husband was a was a construction worker. You you're a teacher. You decide to look. We're we're done with this. Let's go do something else. Did you have children at the time? We had our eldest daughter. She was two and a half, I think, when okay. we started the the blog. Yeah. And, and how old is she now? She's nine now. Yeah. So 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 about roughly six and a half seven years ago. So now the premise of it is you start writing the blog, you start building mm-hmm. your community, and then you hit the road. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it t- it did take us about eighteen months before we got back on the road because, as I said, we had we had gone through quite a great amount of financial stress. We were actually living in the U.S. at the time when we did start our blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was teaching over here. My husband was working at the airport for Delta. Um, and then we just knew it was time to, to move back to Australia. And so we moved back there. It took us some time to sort of get back up on our feet and recover. But it was about three years into the blog, I think in 2013, that we made the decision, well, if we want to take our blog to the next level, it's time for us to walk our talk and actually get on the road full-time and travel and that's when we decided to travel around Australia 
um, which was huge for us. Yeah, well, well, first of all, it's a huge country anyway. It's the same size yes. as the United <laughs> States, you know. So when you think about that, so you, you and how did you do that? Because I, I don't have the background, so I apologize for that. But did you just get, did you, get in a win, did you get in a Winnebago or did you hit the road with a car or what did you do? Yeah, we hit the road with a car. We started off just with a car and a tent. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. about three three months into the journey, we were like, okay, this is not working. We need some kind of mobile home. So we brought a, um, which I think you call over here, a travel trailer. So something sure. that we towed, yeah, like yep. a Jayco, and it popped up and out. And so then we spent the next, um, uh, well, it was 18 months altogether traveling around Australia with th- that mobile home. And and is that was your sole? You you didn't have a backup apartment, or did you? Or did you have Mm-mm. a place that you nothing? You just said nothing. no. That's it. Close it. Yeah. Done. We're we're done. And and at that time, because we had gone through that financial stress, we moved back to Australia. We were living with uh, Craig's parents, so mm-hmm. we didn't own anything because we had lost it all. Um, so I guess in that sense, it was easy for us to say, well, the timing's never been perfect because we don't you know have that responsibility of a mortgage or anything. We can leave. Yeah. All right, let me take a quick break, and then I want to come back and I want to talk about the feelings around that and what's involved and whether mm-hmm. or not you'd like to do it that way again. So, <laughs> and I, I want to talk about right now, I could use a little coffee this afternoon about anybody else, but let me, I, Americans love travel. We know that. And you know what else Americans love? They love Dunkin' Coffee. So, Dunkin' has over 11,000 locations across the world, sells 1.7 billion cups of coffee a year and offers over 15,000 ways to drink it. I just like it one way, which is black and espresso and strong. So anyway, but you can get it any way you want. You can even get that pumpkin spice stuff if you like, and then they got all kinds of different flavors now. I, I can't keep track. All business runs on Dunkin' and America runs on Dunkin'. Uh, Kaz, you, you, got, you, you must drink coffee. I do. I just had a coffee just before I jumped on. Yeah, that's I love coffee. How do you drink your coffee? I usually have. Well, I I like to have what we call in Australia flat white. I think the oh, equivalent here yeah. would be a latte. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, flat white. Yeah, I know. One time I was with some Australians in an airport here in the U.S. and someone said flat white, and I had to uh, interpret for yes. the Americans to tell them what that meant. Basically, yeah. it was coffee with a lot of milk. Okay, there yes, we go. Yeah. A lot. Very cool. So you you know you you talked about hitting bottom and mm-hmm. and and losing it all. Uh, yeah, is that the best way to start this kind of activity? Uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. I think in some yeah. some ways it was a blessing because I had no I had no back door. It was yeah. You know I can't. I've got no other choice but to make this work. Yeah, it's kind of like that line in the officer and a gentleman when he's trying to kick uh, Mayo out of the service and he says, "I got nowhere else to go." Yeah, that was it. I mean, when you've got nowhere else to go, it becomes great motivation for you too, doesn't it? Absolutely not. And I still remember very distinctly the moment where I said to myself, I cannot let this be my only legacy, that I've just created this one gigantic financial mess. This can't be all I'm known for. I have to turn this around and create something better. Yeah. Was it the other lifestyle that you had that got you into that mess or was it trying to do both at the same time? I, I think it was uh, it got me into that mess. It was it was chasing it was chasing the dream the wrong way, like thinking that I could only have the life I wanted if I you know suddenly got rich and won the lotto or had overnight success. And 
I guess just wanting to skip the journey and now I've gone through this process and I've come to this place where I've created my dream, I realise the importance of the journey and there's so many people wanting to take shortcuts and get there tomorrow, which is just not a reality. And I think if, you, if you're following your passion and your dream and then you're finding a way to uh, monetize that, then embrace the journey, the, the ups and the downs because that's how you grow and how you get stronger and, and make things better. Oh, I love that. I, I, you know, that's very poetic, one, and two, and very real. Because, yeah. you know, I always tell people it's, it's called hard work because it's freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but there's a different realization of being, do you think there's a different realization of being at the bottom and coming back out than just making it easy and getting it, you know, uh, any old way? Do you, do, you find, do you find yourself relishing certain things every day? Yes, yes. Yes, I think it's so much more, it's such a more enriching journey and so much more rewarding because you see where you came from and you don't forget it. You don't take yeah. it for granted. And I guess that humbles you. Yeah. How do yeah. you, uh, I hear your kids in the background, which is awesome. All right. And I know. <laughs> I think they're playing I, dominoes. <laughs> that's, oh, I love to play dominoes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love to play dominoes. Uh, Mexican train is my favorite kind of game with that. That is what they're called. At least my, that's, that's what we call it. I don't know if it's something else. So. I'll have to Google that and teach the girls. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, but I, I know that Craig is, uh, we want to have Craig on too, but one of you has got to watch the, watch the kids. And that, which leads me to, how do you find the, how do you find balance in business with on the road with a family? Yeah, it is quite difficult. Um, and we're learning as we're going and, and finding ways. Even now, it, after we did the 18 months around Australia and now we're sort of replicating that in the US, I'm, I'm still learning here. It's very different and we're making adjustments as we go around. It's very important that we do plan for downtime Um and at the moment, we're creating a base in Raleigh, North Carolina, because we are exploring the East Coast for the next year. So it's easy for us to come in, in and out of Raleigh, spend a week or two just regrouping, catching up on work and, um, you know, not having so much of the hectic chaos. Um, I guess when we're traveling, though, um, I feel like we manage quite well because we kind of multi-layer different aspects of our life. So travel is is a huge passion of ours, a hobby. It always has been. So when we're out traveling, we're sort of tackling that passion and feeding ourselves that way. We're very outdoor um, adventure type focused in the way we travel. So layering on top of that, we're looking after our health. And then we're having that connection time as a family as well as as we're experiencing the travel, that's work as well because we're collecting um, information and photos and videos that we will then later go and share through our channels. Yeah, can you can you separate it and like have you know some pleasure, but at the same time, oh wait, we got to take that picture. And do your kids get upset with you from time to time with that? Um, yeah, I think we've reached a kind of a good way of doing it now, and it's good that we have Craig and I because we can like. He will go and take the photos while I'll interact and be with the girls. Mm-hmm. So that can be really helpful. The girls are actually really enjoying grabbing the camera themselves now and taking some photos and doing um, maybe some video as well. Yeah. But you, you do, it's really important to be very aware because it can, you know, you can let it overtake the experience. And I'm sure that there are times that we do that. Um, but that awareness to be able to pull up and say, well, hang on a minute, it's out of balance. How can we move things around? 
So do you have rules in, in what you do uh, where you kind of segment that or say, you know, like this? I mean, it'd be like having a home business, right, to some mm-hmm. extent. It's even more, more distracting for you, I think, or more difficult. But when you have a home business, I always tell people you can't, you know, you got to get out of your pajamas. You got to go, you got to yes. take a shower. You got to shave. You got to put on uh, some business clothes of some kind, whether, you know, just get out of shorts or, you know, to mix it up. And then once a day, get out of the house, get out of the, do you, so do you have rules like that for you as well? Uh, one thing that's really important for, for me is a, a morning routine. Mm-hmm. So I have a quite a strict morning routine where I, um, you know, will kind of go on my own. I'll do some meditation. I might do some yoga, um, some journaling, just some time to myself so I can pull myself together and be prepared for the rest of the day. So that's kind of one rule. We do have, Craig and I will tag team often. So one of us will take the girls out so they can have their playtime, whether it be at the playground or, um, you know, whatever it is that they're interested in that time while the other might take some time out to work. It's not kind of set up as we do that for X hours each day. It just depends on how we're adventuring or exploring each day because every day is so different for us. Mm-hmm. What you said it's different between Australia and the US. What did you mean by that? Well, Australia, um, the US, we're almost the same size, but the US right. is so compacted. And there's, you know, every two hours, I guess, there's another town to explore. Or if you go to the city, there's so much to see and do. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Australia, you, there's, the distances are so vast and there's nothing to do in between. So we could drive and stay in a destination for some time and not be really busy exploring that destination because there wasn't a lot there to see and do. But here in in the US it's different. Like we just spent three weeks in Tennessee and we went to Nashville, Memphis, um, Knoxville and then the Smoky Mountains and we were just busy every single day. There was hardly any time for downtime, which was really quite stressful for us. And so that's when we had to say, well, okay, this is going to be really different traveling in the US. Let's come up with a a, a different plan to sort of manage it better. Well, that or move to South Dakota, where I'm from, or Utah, <laughs> yes. or, or Montana, where we we got more cows than we got people. So, you know, you <laughs> yeah. Might, yeah, once you get out there, it'll, it'll look more like Alice Springs and look a little bit more like the Outback uh, very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what we that's what we thought while we we're on the east coast because it is so um, com- dense and compacted like that that we would go in and out of Raleigh as a base. And then when we get a mobile home, we'll he- head west because it would be more those open spaces and a bit more gentle, relaxed pace. Mm-hmm. So that's how we've sort of evolving as we're going and adapting to what the situation is and finding ways to make it work to that. Yeah. So what what are your parents and like close family friends think about this lifestyle? Oh, I think they're so used to it now because we've been doing it for a long time. It's obviously harder for them now because we have kids. So mm-hmm. they do really miss being with them, um, you know, but it is so much easier. They they We chat with them all the time on Skype or Facebook Messenger. So they're really sort of still quite feel quite involved in our life. I was just speaking to mum and dad the other day and they're planning to come over and visit next year and do do a trick with us then and I know Craig's parent, parents are going to do the same so you know they obviously miss us but it is a great opportunity for them to do a little bit of travel as well it's very motivating for them to come on over and join us 
Hmm. Well, let me take another quick break because uh, we're talking about starting your business and starting a business is always challenging. That's why investing in a Liberty Tax service franchise makes perfect sense. The experience of a supportive team, access to the network of over 4,000 offices. Wow. And top-notch marketing materials uh, put your own Owning your own business into good, you know, into easy grasp and reach. So find out more at LibertyTaxFranchise.com. Great business to have. And that's, of course, what we're talking with Kaz about. Their business, life it's a lifestyle business. A lifestyle business where they travel all over the world, blog about it, talk about it, share their experiences with their two young girls. And what are some of the benefits that you receive, that business, so you're out there really promoting the businesses, doing tweets, doing suggest uh, posts for them as well, sponsored posts. So what are some of the benefits businesses receive if they get you to promote their brand? Well, I just think they get so much exposure um, for us and and we tend to experience local businesses and tours and and all of that from quite an authentic uh, viewpoint. So they're getting, Mm -hmm. you know, those real-life stories there um, and the the content that we put out via video and our social channels, it's us having the experience. There's no corporate voice there. So people who are following us can can see what we're doing and then they feel like, oh, that's something I could do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just think that real authentic story that they can be become a part of that's then shared via our channels, which we reach a global audience, um, you know, so that's very beneficial to those, especially the small town operators. Yeah. Well, they don't, you don't always get the spotlight to shine on the small guys, the little guys no, as you do the big and, people. Yeah. I mean, and we love, cause we, we have the small, we're small business owners. We know what it's like. So we, we love being able to shine a light on, on really valuable travel experiences and operators. What's your most uh, favorite social media channel? Um, you, you know, it used to always be Facebook because, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, we were big about community. And when we first started, we really wanted to create via our community that kind of similar to the hostel couch where you just go and sit on the couch and chat to whoever's around you. It doesn't matter where they came from or who they were. You just kind of share travel stories and tips. So that was the environment we actually created really well on Facebook. Um, and I just I love that community. I really do love being a part of it. Um, it, it's sort of a lot harder to create that now because of Facebook's algorithm and, and, and reach, but we still do have a nice community on there. So I'd say, yeah, definitely Facebook. Do you like, you like roughing it more than the luxury or, or do you like the luxury? Um, no, not so much, actually. (laughs) I mean, it's nice, it's nice to just relax every now and then, but I I just like, it feels a little bit too stale for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like to have that real sort of experience, that real local feel and just getting out and amongst the community. Yeah, but see, I, I I hear you talk about hostels and you know, and that seems to be you're you're one of those I would think throw a backpack on, a jumper, what we call a sweater, and go. You know, yeah, Is that that's kind of you, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. definitely. See, and I've been I doing prefer- that since I was twenty two, so it's very normal for me. Yeah, which, you know, I don't mind doing that. And I'm like one of those guys, I'd rather go out camping or, and I mean, really roughing it. But at the same time, I really like to drink some scotch, sit in a nice bar and have a nice day. So, <laughs> so, well, know. that does sound enticing to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So have, have you ever had an experience where, man, you're getting paid and you, you, the experience wasn't good and you had to write about that? 
no, and I'll, I'll say why. We're very, very particular in what we um, agree with and who we work with. We do mm-hmm. a lot of research and we make sure that we know it's it's reputable, that it's going to be good, um, that we're going to enjoy the experience. And then if there is some kind of issue, generally we will um, talk with the person that we're working with, explain what's going on. And if it's a really bad experience, then we just say we can't, you know, we just can't share this with our community. And I have had that recently. Um, and I just said, I'm sorry, I just can't share it. I'm only sharing valuable things. The other thing that we'll do too, if if it is a good experience. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Kaz, that's like a backslap right across the face. Like we only share good experiences. So already, oh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's like you suck, sir. And I'm sorry, <laughs> we just can't do that. But it's nice you say oh, it's it like that. just not a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Quite, quite nice way. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just not a good fit at this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the other thing we do do, like if it is a good experience but we just didn't resonate with it because it's of a personal reason, um, it just didn't jive with us, then we'll often write and, and share that. You say, you know, we didn't resonate with it for these reasons but if you are this kind of traveller, it might be something you'll really enjoy. Yeah, so for somebody else this might fit your – Fit yeah. for, for fit for that person, but not for for at least not for me. I am look. I don't like. I get that sometimes. Somebody will send me something. I say, well, look, it looks pretty cool for somebody that might like that. I don't care for that. Thanks, but and then I give it to somebody else or something. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. How do you get around the work permits and uh, paying tax? Uh, where do you pay taxes at? And where do you pay taxes at? By the way. Yeah, well, one. I'm I'm actually just going through this process now. So, uh, you know, our business was set up as an Australian company, but now that we've uh, relocated over to the US, we're switching over to become US tax residents. So we're mm-hmm. in the process of setting up an LLC and switching everything over, which is not an easy thing to do. Right. Um, so, and I mean, we have intention to live here as residents, so that means that intention's there. We do have to make the switch over. And thankfully, there are uh, agreements between Australia and the US so that, you know, we're not going to be double taxed or anything like that. Yeah, it gets to be it gets to be complicated. And if you go up to Canada, you're going to need a work permit, you know. At least yes. the good news, it's only like 100 hundred dollars easy to get but that is good news these are some things if you're thinking about doing that you need to know about these things ahead of time what what other, yeah exactly yeah what other advice you have for entrepreneurs who want to start a family but think that they don't have time and also want to start a business well i guess it's uh well i think that you can make it work no matter uh you know what your lifestyle how you want that to be whether you want to have kids or not it's just a matter of assessing i guess what your values and priorities are and just believing that you can find a, ma- a way to make it work. I think sometimes, I know I had a reader contact me who said, oh, I, my wife and I didn't want kids because we thought we couldn't travel when we had kids, but you guys have shown to me that it's possible and we just had a baby boy. So I think it's sometimes we believe we can't do two things. We can't have a business or we can't have a family or we can't travel. But in reality, you can. So I think first thing is to assess your priorities and values and then go and find someone who's doing what you want to do yeah. and and follow them and see how they've done it and learn from them. Because if someone else has done it, it's proof that you can too. Yeah, but you, and in some cases, you have to give up some things. You just can't oh, do... Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't do it this way or this way. You've got to be able to make choices. I mean, everything's about, about choices. You can't have everything. You can have most things, but you can't have everything, you know? That's right, and, and yeah. assessing your priorities will help you to know what can you drop 
That's an important. You just said something very important. Assessing your priorities to know to know what I call them conditions of satisfactions. To know the things that are real important to you, and then mm-hmm. to put those in as those are your rules. Those are the standard operating procedures. Those are the ways you follow. I think is pretty important uh, for people to do. And it, sometimes it takes entrepreneurs or business owners a little longer to develop those. But if you can start with those up front, I think it's much better. The question I have for you on the FCC. So here in the U.S., the FCC has been cracking down a little bit more on sponsored content. How, have you had to deal with that, with the hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored content yet? Uh, no, but we generally have a rule that we just disclaim anyway. We just yeah. think it's better for our community that they know. Um, and we tell them in various ways we'll use the hashtag or we'll actually in the caption say we've partnered with um, this company. And I think it's really great for us to write it in the caption because then we can explain why we've part- partnered with them and why we think they're a good fit for us or why we're sharing them. Um, but, yeah, we, we disclaim. I just think it's just good practice. Well, I think people are smart people, too. They understand that this is part of the experience. This is part. And this is how you can get somebody that you trust, you know, that's authentic, Mm -hmm. to to be able to do it. You know, I I have had some feedback from people. I mean, I get, I like a certain kind of scotch or I like a certain thing, and I'll tweet it out to my fans or something like that. And then I've had the groups come back to me and say, you have to disclose that. I said, well, I'm getting paid. I just like them, you know. Yes. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I know because you often see a lot of people will say um, n- not gifted or not not sponsored or something, which sometimes, you know, I, I feel like I don't really like that either, but I feel like sometimes you have to tell people because they are just making so many assumptions. But I just like our community to know that if we're always disclaiming, they're used to that. So they know if we're putting something out, we're not disclaiming. They know that it's, you know. Yeah, Just well, if I get, sharing. I get, I had somebody here recently give me some chocolate covered bacon, and I thought that was oh, awesome. Wow. So I, you know, so I give him a little <laughs> plug. I mean, because it was good. It was, it was yeah. excellent. Yeah. So how how are you planning to capitalize more on your travels? You guys, are you thinking about a TV show or anything? Um, that that is something that we do have, like in the greater vision, something that we've mm-hmm. um, considered and thought of. How we put that into effect, I do not know. <laughs> but, you know, we're open to so many possibilities. We are chatting about starting up some kind of maybe possible podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we would love to do. Um, at, the, at the moment, the way we're doing things is just traveling and just continuing to create the, that useful content um, and then open to see where it goes. Oh, well, fabulous. Well, it's, I got to tell you, it's been a pleasure. I, you know, I Thank always you. love talking to Australians, but I love talking to smart business uh, people from Australia as well. So it's great to see you. And welcome to – and might, might I say welcome to America. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> All right. Look forward to checking back in. Thanks for being on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Thanks, Jeffrey. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and I learned a lot. I was, first of all, enthusiasm. I think the great talking to Australians. I love talking to Australians. They're just so happy. Um, and she was very happy and just a nice person. It's good to see her move here in the U.S. But you know what she talked about? I thought some good lessons for all of us, whether we've got a home-based business or we're traveling all the time or we're in a big corporate job. It's okay. Um, there's no shortcuts. No shortcuts. And it's, it's, it's really about the journey to get there. And a lot of times we, we want to skip right to the good stuff. Well, the good stuff is getting to the good stuff, right? That's the real good stuff is the hard work to get there. 
And, and I like the other piece of it that I learned, uh, boundaries. Got to have some boundaries, okay? Hardcore boundaries, you know? You know, especially when you got this business. Imagine what it's like for them to be traveling with their kids and all of a sudden they got, oh, let's stop having fun. We got to take a picture now for the blog. Mommy, Daddy got to pose, you know, Th- those kind of things. And so you got to have the times in which you got to go back and either recreate it, do it, so forth. And you got to have those boundaries. And I think that's a great lesson that we learned here. Um, now, and when it comes to all business, no boundaries, none, zip, none. That is, tell everybody, okay? So do me a favor and tell your friends about all business right here on C-Suite Radio and, of course, wherever you find a podcast. Welcome to C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.